Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Hey, for those of you who have not seen the video, all right, from this past week, we kicked off a new um, teaching on Wednesday on the three pillars of Jesus' faith. When we talk about the three pillars of Jesus' faith, what we're meaning is what would be the most foundational to his teaching, what what he thought. And so today what I want to do is I kind of want to ask all of you, what would be if you, now like I said, if you've watched the video, you can't cheat, you can't can't already have the answer and say, well, I'm just, I'm so spiritual, I know what it is, all right? But if I was to ask you, what are the three pillars of your faith? What are the three things that you hold most dear or most foundational to your faith? What would they be? In fact, I want you to think about that for just a moment. The three pillars of your faith, what are they? Maybe even write them down in your notes. Hold them in your brain. But I want to take 20 seconds, and I'm not going to talk. And everybody said amen. But no, I want you to take 20 seconds, 30 seconds here. And I want you to think, what would be the three pillars of my faith? The three things I hold most dear. Think about it. You can write them down. For those of you who are really smart, you can just kind of categorize them in your brain. Let's go think about it. If I was to guess, I would say there's probably a variety of ideas of what we think are the three most foundational things to our faith. As I said, on Wednesday night, we started teaching about the three pillars of Jesus' faith. In fact, over the course of the next three weeks in our life of Christ's teachings and preachings and series, we're actually going to break these down week by week. But today I wonder, just to kind of kick this off, how do your three pillars... Our three pillars as a church, how do they line up with the three pillars of Jesus' faith? In Matthew chapter 6, we find one of these, we find these three pillars. What are they? Well, they're righteousness, prayer, and fasting, or another way you could say that would be repentance. And like I said, we're going to look at these over the next three weeks. Today, we're just going to look at the first one, repentance or or, or righteousness. And as we looked Wednesday night, like I said, if, if if you didn't watch the video from this past Wednesday night, it was one of my favorite teachings from Mark Turnage. But as we looked Wednesday night, the term righteousness that we're looking at today According to not only Jesus, but the world in which Jesus lived, the term righteousness, I want to throw a little bit of a curveball at you, but the term righteousness, especially in the Gospels, is a little bit different than how we have looked at or perceived this word righteousness. Let's look at it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. What I want to do today is I'm actually going to read to you from three translations. From Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. And then we're going to look at Matthew 6, 1 through 4, and we're going to build it off of these passages. Big thing I want you to pay attention to is the word righteousness from the first translation, and watch how it progresses. Ephesians, or or, um, 
Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. That's the English Standard Version. Now let's look at the New Living Translation. Again, pay attention for this word that was called righteousness. Watch out. Don't do, here's this word, your good deeds publicly. This is the same place that said righteousness. Watch out. Do not do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. In the English Standard Version, it says righteousness. In the New Living Translation, it says good deeds. Now let's look at the New King James. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Take heed, listen here, that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Notice this word righteousness begins to move towards the word Charity. In fact, if you were to go to Jerusalem today into one of the Jewish synagogues, as you notice as you leave Destiny Church in the back, you have black boxes that say give beside them. Well, if you were to go to a Jewish synagogue today, written on those boxes, you would see the Hebrew letters for the word righteousness. But it actually means charity. It means almsgiving. That's the place where you can give. And so that's what we see happening here let's pick it up in verse 1 all the way through verse 4 watch out don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others for you will lose the reward from your father in heaven verse 2 when you give to someone in need this whole thing is talking about charity don't do as the hypocrites do blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity i tell you the truth they have all received the reward they will ever get but when you give to someone in need don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you i want you to catch this this idea of the word righteousness that we have known for years in the gospels and in the jewish world today and even in the jewish world of jesus day it means charity And I want you to notice here, when Jesus begins to list out his three pillars in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 through 18, the very first one we see Jesus list out is how I relate to others, charity, almsgiving. Now, we've looked at this in the past two weeks, and and here's what I want you to know. I promise you this series is not, not all about loving and serving others, but that's a pretty good series, all right? Loving and serving others. But in the past couple of weeks, we've looked at the two greatest commandments of Jesus, which is love God and love others who are like yourself. And then last Sunday, we looked at the gospel according to Jesus. I spoke in Marshfield. My dad spoke here. And we looked at this idea that the gospel according to Jesus is loving and serving others. And we have to put hands and feet to that. We can't just say that we love others. We have to put some hands and feet to it. We have to put some action to it. That is the gospel according to Jesus. And then back in week three, we looked at this idea of how I relate to others is how God will relate to me. Now, at the beginning of this message, I told you, think of your three most important acts or your most important pillars of your faith 
Maybe you wrote those down. Maybe they're just listed in your mind. How many of you, and be honest, you, how many of you, I, I want to ask, how many of you when thinking or listing out your three pillars, the very first one had something to do with others? A few of us. The rest of us, we don't look at it this way. But that's what Jesus did. And Jesus tells us how, listen to me, Jesus tells us how we love and serve others, even those who don't look like us, act like us, or believe like us. Listen to me, how we love others is foundational in our relationship with Jesus. It's foundational. And I know some people say, Pastor Chad, the most important thing in my faith should be loving Jesus. Yes, it is. I will never deny that. I will never say that's not most important. Matthew 6.33 reminds me that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. Seek Jesus first. I believe that with everything inside of me. But how, listen to me, but how we love, serve, give, and treat others is how I put hands and feet to my relationship with Jesus. So this week we're going to talk about the first pillar of Jesus which is charity, or, or another way we could say that is almsgiving. And the Hebrew word for alms is a religious act inspired by compassion and a desire for justice. The Hebrew word for alms, charity, is a religious act inspired by compassion. Charity requires compassion. I think if we're going to be compassionate, if we're going to give charity, we have to be passionate, compassionate. Without compassion, it's going to be real hard to love and serve others. Without compassion, it's going to be real hard to give to people when they are hungry. Without compassion, it's going to be real hard to meet people where they have a need. And there are several great verses in the Bible that deal with compassion. And today... I want to share a couple of my favorites with you to drive home this idea of charity, but really to drive home this idea of compassion. One of my favorite sets of verses, I've always been drawn to this, I remember being drawn to this even as a young man, would be Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. Let's read it together. Jesus walked throughout the region with the joyful message of God's kingdom realm. He taught in their meeting houses, and wherever he went, he demonstrated God's power by healing every kind of disease and illness. In verse 36, when he saw the vast crowds of people, Jesus' heart was deeply moved with compassion. Everybody say that word, say compassion. Jesus, his heart was deeply moved with compassion because they, who's they? The people, they seemed weary and helpless like wandering sheep without a shepherd and he turned to his disciples and he said the harvest is huge and the harvest is ripe but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in first thing i want to say is last sunday i know that we talked about serving and this is not another message simply about serving this is more of a message about compassion but when we do have compassion in our heart we serve and so there are many opportunities and, and right there in your seat you can see a form of paper that you set down probably on top of 
but you can fill out that form and you there's a place for you to serve here at Destiny Church. I believe if you aren't plugged in and serving, you're missing out. I believe that. As followers of Jesus, we are called to serve the local body. We're called to be a part of it. And last week, one of the things we did is we gave you a towel as we looked at the story of Jesus in John 13, of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And we gave you that towel as a reminder. We didn't give you that towel to use it in your cleaning drawer. All right? If any of you have done that, shame on you. All right? That was not for your dishes. But I know some of you are like us. You take every rag you can get, and it's like, where'd they all go? It's kind of like socks. They just disappear. Anybody else have a sock monster in their house? Like, where'd the socks go? But no, we gave you that towel as a reminder to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That's what we gave you that towel for. But today I want to focus in on two passages of Scripture that really deal with this idea of compassion. And I want to pick it back up in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 and 36. Because I think compassion is necessary if we're going to give charity. I think compassion is necessary if we're going to serve. Uh, from Matthew chapter 8 up until this point, Jesus has been very busy healing all kinds of people. And let's look at it again in verse 35. Jesus walked throughout the region with the joyful message of God's kingdom wealth. He taught in their houses. Wherever he went, he demonstrated God's healing power and every kind of disease. And illness, I want you to see, Jesus is teaching, preaching, and healing out of compassion. Pick it up in verse 36. When he saw the vast crowds of people, his heart was deeply moved with compassion. All that Jesus did was done out of compassion. The word here, which in the Greek language is used for moved with compassion, is the strongest word in the Greek language for the word pity. It's the strongest word there. And it describes the type of pity or compassion that moves a man or a woman to the deepest level of their being. It's that thing that moves your heart to the deepest level that can be possibly moved. When you see a need, when you see a hurt, when you see a pain, that's what it's saying here. It's moved to that level of passion. And in the Gospels, I see two places, as I said, that I think paints a real clear picture of this. Matthew chapter 9 that I've just been reading. And then we find the other one in Mark chapter 6, verse 30 through 44. And we're going to read that in just a moment. But before we read this, I want to encourage you. We're going to read Mark chapter 6, verse 30 through 44. We're going to read all those verses. But as, you re as I read these to you, and as you read them yourself on the screen, I want you to do me a favor, and I want you to notice the difference between... The disciples' response and Jesus' response. I want you to pay attention. There's two types of responses in this. Let's read it. Verse 30. The, the disciples returned from their mission, and they gathered around Jesus, and they told him everything they had done. There was such a swirl of activity around Jesus. I want you just to hear right now. They were busy, all right? Have you ever been busy? You know, they were busy. With so many people coming and going that they were unable to eat a meal. And this is an important part of the story that oftentimes we just read past, all right? Just kind of hold that thought there, just knowing it's busy, nobody's eating. So Jesus said to his disciples, come, let's take a break and find a secluded place where you can rest a while. They slipped away and left by sailboat for a deserted spot. 
But many of the people saw them leaving, and they realized where they were heading, so they took off along, running along the shore. I, I don't know too many people that get so excited about church that they run to it, you know, but this is what's happening here. Then people from the surrounding towns joined them in the chase, and a large crowd got there ahead of them. By the time Jesus got ashore, a massive crowd was waiting. At the sight of them, listen to this word, his heart was filled with... What was it filled with? What was it filled with? Who was there first? People, right? As Jesus saw the need, saw the people, his heart was filled with compassion. Because they seemed, again, like wandering sheep who had no shepherd. So he taught them many things. Late that afternoon, his disciples came to him and they said, Hey, Jesus, it's getting really late and we're in a remote place with nothing to eat. You should send the crowds away so they can go into the surrounding villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus answered them and said, you give them something to eat. Are you sure, they replied, you really want us to go buy them supper? It would cost a small fortune to feed thousands of hungry people. How many loaves of bread do you have? He asked, go and see. After they looked around, they came back, said five plus a couple of fish. Then he instructed them to organize the crowd and have them sit in groups on the grass. So they had them sit in groups of hundreds and fifties. Then Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, gazed into heaven, gave thanks to God. He broke the bread and the two fish and distributed them to his disciples to serve the people. And the food was multiplied in front of their eyes, and everyone had plenty to eat and was fully satisfied. And the twelve disciples picked up what remained, and each of them ended up with a basket full of leftovers. Altogether, five thousand were fed that day. Did you notice the difference in the response of Jesus and the response of the disciples? I want you to notice, if you didn't, a couple of times in this story it talks about food, it talks about rest, it talks about sleep, it talks about being busy. At the end of a long season of ministry for Jesus and his disciples, Jesus is probably hungry, you know the disciples are hungry, the people are hungry. So there's a need. The first thing I want you to see in this story today is there is a need. There is a need. And before I proceed, I wonder today as Christians, and I wonder today as a church, I wonder today sitting in our living rooms, do we recognize the need? As Christians, do we see the needs that are around us? Or are we too busy to notice the need? Are we too busy to notice the hurt? Are we too busy to notice the pain? Are we slowing down enough to notice it? I wonder, do we see the need? Just as there was a need in this story, there is also a need all around us. So the disciples, they see the need. We see that in verse 36 and verse 37. Hey, Jesus, it's been a long day. The people are hungry. They see the need. But how they respond is really what I want to build this message around today and challenge us. I want you to notice again the, the disciples' response and our response. Here's how the disciples respond today. They see the need and they come to Jesus and they say, please send them away so they can eat. Now, this might sound, when you just read it, it might sound like compassion. Hey, there's a need, Jesus. Let's send them away so they can have a, have a meal. 
Hey, there's a need, Jesus. Let's send them away. This might even sound like wisdom because it's been a long day. The people are hungry. The disciples have surely looked at the crowd and noticed there's no food. There's no McDonald's on the corner. We can't call a pizza in. There's nothing. We're in a remote place. There's no hope. Jesus, send them away. But what we're seeing here from the disciples, I don't think is wisdom, and I don't think it's compassion. What I see here is the disciples more likely see the crowd as more work. The disciples see the crowd as a mess. And if you can read between the lines a little bit, you'll see verse 31 as it says, it's already been a long day of ministry. So much so that the disciples and the crowd, Jesus, nobody has had a time for a meal. Anybody who ever had one of those days where you're so busy that you didn't even stop to eat? Raise your hand if you've ever just had one of those days like, man, I'm so busy, I didn't even eat lunch. You get hangry on those days, right? You get hangry. But what we're seeing here is Jesus and the disciples. We see this. Jesus and the disciples are trying to get away from the crowd after a long day of ministry. Hey, let's get away to a remote place. Let's rest. Let's get something to eat. But the crowd goes ahead of him. How many of you have ever just been kind of like at this place where you found yourself so busy, you just wanted to escape for a minute? Anybody? Let, me, let me say it this way. How many parents do we have in the room? Parents, raise your hands. Raise your hands high. I want to ask this. How many of you parents have ever been busy as a parent or how many of you have ever had your kids, mom, 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 dad, 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 and you just thought, you know what, I just need to escape. Have any of you as a parent ever just said, you know what, I'm going to go hide in the bathroom? <laughs> have you ever done that? Any of you as parents ever said, you know what, I'm going to go in my closet, and I'm going to shut the door, and I'm going to lock it, and I'm going to turn the lights off. Any of you ever, am I the only one that's ever thought, I just need to hide, all right? And just get in there, and you're like, if I turn the lights off, and if I don't make a sound, nobody will know where I am. And you get in there, and you're like, okay. And then all of a sudden, you're, mommy, are you in there? Or in our house, is Tasha, go away, please. I just need a minute. Just need a minute. I'm, let me ask you guys a question. You probably find yourself, when you just need a minute, you probably find yourself a little bit frustrated when that toddler interrupts you. Even the big toddler called your spouse, right? You know? Probably find yourself a little frustrated. How many of you have ever been there? My question is, how did you respond to that interruption? How did you respond to that person finding you in the bathroom floor in the fetal position, sucking your thumb in the dark because you were tired? Go away! I mean, I'll be out in a minute. What I want you to think about our story here. Think about this crowd. Jesus isn't the only one who's been busy. The disciples have also been busy. And I want to I say something to you that's not going to be on the screen. But I want you to write this down. Do you know that when you find yourself busy and with no margin in your schedule... It's real easy to miss the need in front of you. He said again, when you find yourself busy and with no margin in your schedule, no room to breathe, you find it's real easy to miss the need in front of you. The disciples have been busy. They've been there with Jesus throughout the whole thing. 
right? They've been there. They've been busy. And now they're just trying to catch some sleep. They're excited. They've been going. And they're thinking, we're going to get there. And there's nobody going to be there. And when they get there, the crowds are there. Hello? Are you in there? I just wanted a moment to myself. I just wanted a cracker. I just wanted, you know, some cheese. I just wanted some dark. You know, the crowd is there, and I'm guessing probably some of them are a little bit rude. Pressing in. How many of you have ever been to uh, Disney World or Disneyland? How many of you have ever been there? Raise your hand. Or let's say it this way. How many of you have ever been to Silverdar City during Christmas or one of their really busy days, and you're like, you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been there where it's like, why are we here? Have you ever been there with a stroller? It's awful. Sorry. You know, I mean, it's like, and how many, when the crowd is so massive, people are rude, right? There's line cutting. There's cussing from them, never you. I mean, there's just all, it's like sweat. There's anger. There's, there's, it's all kinds of that. Well, I want you to imagine today that Jesus is the main attraction. And everybody's trying to get a piece of Jesus. And they're running to him. I'd say the crowd is probably a little bit move out. Trying to just, they just want a piece of him. And the disciples are there. And they're playing along nice. But now they're getting excited because Jesus says, let's go to the other side. Let's catch a break. Let's catch a breather. And, th and then now the crowd is there. So now their stomachs are growling. They're frustrated. They're angry. And so you know somebody in the crowd is a schemer. And they're looking around their nose. And there's no food. This is our moment. Hey, Jesus, send them away, please. I just need a moment. I just need a break. The people are hungry. Send them away. But here's what I want you to notice. Just like the disciples, Jesus sees the need. He's aware of it. Jesus knows it's late in the day. But Jesus responds a little bit differently. Hear me. The disciples' solution to the problem was to send the people away. The disciple, listen to me, the disciples' solution to the problem or to the need was to send the needy away. Let me say it again. I want you to hear this. And I want you to imagine is this you. The disciples' solution to the needy was to send the need away. What's Jesus do? Jesus sees a different solution. Jesus has a different answer. Jesus sees the opportunity for a miracle. Jesus sees the opportunity for compassion. And Jesus wants the disciples to see this opportunity. And he looks at them and he says, no, 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 no. You feed them. You do something about it. And Destiny Church, I just want to pause right here and say, there is needs all around us. There's needs in this room. There's needs out there. There's needs in your neighborhood. There's needs in your school. There's needs where you work. There's needs everywhere you go. And many of us, we see the need. I can't tell you how many people have noticed the need over the years as a pastor. Hey, Pastor Chad, here's a need. Do something about it. We see the need, we see the pain, we see the hurt, we see the confusion, but the question is not, hey, are we willing to shove it off on somebody else? The question is, are you willing to do something about the hurt? 
Are you willing to not only see the need, but to have compassion and say, I'll do something about the need? That's what Jesus is, that's what's happening here. Sadly, I think in the church world, many, listen to me, many of you, I could never say this, but some of you, you see a need and man, you jump with everything in you. And some of you were like, man, you can't, you can't do that. You're already meeting 37 other needs. And you are a pastor's greatest friend. But too many of us in the church, listen to me, we are silent when we see the need or we push the need away. It's not my responsibility. It's not my job. It's not my concern. But Jesus said exactly to the disciples exactly what he's saying to us. Hey, you see the need. You see the hurt. You see the pain. You feed them. You meet the need. You do something about it. Here, let me wrap it all up. The disciples notice the need. There was even some levels of concern. But Jesus had compassion. The disciples were aware of the need. The disciples were aware that it had been a long day and it was getting late. They were also aware that there was only a little boy's lunch. But the disciples, they didn't want to mess with it. They didn't want the responsibility of messing with the crowd any longer. They were ready to send them away. And honestly, this is where I see a lot of us in the church today. We see the need. We have concern. But we don't want to take up responsibility. We don't want to get our hands dirty. We don't want to give of our precious time. And the disciples were like a lot of us. Stop knocking. I need a break. No, go away. I'm tired. It's somebody else's job. Go talk to the pastor. Go talk to your mom. Go. It's, it's somebody else's responsibility. But Jesus has compassion, and he tells the disciples, let's do something about this. You feed them. You meet the need. You have compassion, and we know the rest of the story, right? The little boy has a lunch, five loaves of bread, and two fish. Jesus blesses it, divides it, and he takes a McDonald's Happy Meal, and he feeds thousands of people. But I love verse 42. And verse 42 is actually, as I was digging into it this week, verse 42 is like, I think this might be one of my favorite passages in the Bible that's never been that. And it seems like this simple little verse that you can read just past. But this is Jesus. Listen to what he says. Everyone had plenty to eat and was fully satisfied. Isn't that just like Jesus? I'm telling you, this might be one of my favorite lines in the Bible now. Everyone had plenty to eat and they were fully satisfied. More than enough. Plenty. Full. Satisfied. And Destiny Church, as I close today... This is what God is calling us to. Don't just love people. Don't just love God. Don't just say you're going to serve them. But here's what I, th don't just meet the need. Go above and beyond the need. Write this down. I want us to become so compassionate in our lives that it causes us to be so generous that we don't just meet the need, we go beyond the need. I want us as a church, we're not just noticing the need, but let's become so compassionate 
in our hearts that it causes us to become so generous that we don't just meet the need, we go above and beyond the need. And listen, I, I know this is the calling of our church, and sometimes it gets messy, and sometimes it gets hard, and it's easy to get tired, and it's easy to want to push the crowd away, and it's easy to get jaded, it's easy to get frustrated. But Jesus, Destiny Church, is calling us to love people, to serve them, to meet the need, to go beyond the need. It's our responsibility. There is no other option. This is what we are called to do. Be like Jesus. Be compassionate. Meet the need. Exceed the need. That's the call. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.